are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and check out one of our locked on rooms. Now, this show is being dropped on the 17th day of September 2021. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming games this weekend, how the National League playoffs could be unfolding, and why I think the Dodgers might consider one of the riskiest and possibly stupidest moves in the history of baseball. This show is available on the free and easy to use Odyssey app. We're also here on YouTube for those of you watching YouTube or on any podcatcher that you happen to have if you want to listen to us in your earbuds. You can tell your smart device to play podcasts, Locked On MLB, or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On MLB Pods. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You know, if the leagues were set up the way that I think they should be set up, which is you eliminate the divisions and you have the top three teams automatically get into the best of five division series and the fourth and fifth teams have to play a play-in game. I've been saying that's the way it should be. And I think it was driven home in 2015 when the three best teams in baseball were all in the same division. And inevitably two of them would be eliminated before we got to the league championship series. We've had time to fix this. And unfortunately we haven't fixed it. And there, the early, you know, easy fix could of course be to have the playoffs exactly the way they are right now. And then after the wild card game, you recede the team with the best record plays the team with the worst record and thus. And so we're going to have two 100 win teams in the same division this year, the giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers, which means that one of them will be eliminated before the league championship series. Now, if we did it by my method, the Dodgers and the giants would be essentially playing to ease up on the throttle right now. They would be, they'd be all but clinched. They'd be able to rest some players, be able to line up the rotation, everything like that. Milwaukee Brewers who have their division pretty much all locked up would be in a similar situation, which the Brewers currently are. Now, as it stands right now, the Braves who are in first place in the national league East are in a situation where they can't necessarily go on a 10 game losing streak right now. But at the same time, they have a pretty comfortable lead with about 15 games left to play, a three and a half game lead. Yeah, sure, it's possible, but it's the Phillies and the Mets who are chasing them, and they can't seem to get out of their own way. So the Braves are pretty much one good week away from being able to ease up on the throttle. Meanwhile, the Giants and the Dodgers are going to be an absolute Tasmanian devil mode to try to win as many games as humanly possible because neither one of them want to be playing the wild card game. Now, if the playoffs were set up in the way that I'd set up, I'm recording this part, by the way, before the games were played on Thursday. So I'll review this makeshift standing at the end of the day. But if it were my method, 
Dodgers and Giants and essentially the Brewers would be resting players and getting ready for the playoffs. For the final two spots, the Braves would have the Braves and Cardinals would be the team as they currently are, except they would be the ones playing the one game playoff. The Padres would be one game behind the Braves. The Cardinals are one game are half a game behind the Braves. The Padres are one game behind the Cardinals. The Reds would be a game and a half back. The Phillies would be two and a half back. And the Mets would be further back. But essentially, the Cardinals, Padres, Braves, and Reds would be all bunched together. Four teams into two spots. Now, as it is right now, there's a bunch of teams bunched together. Three teams, three or four teams trying to get that one spot. But would be similar to the American League in that, you don't know. You could have the home field advantage in the wildcard game, or you could be playing golf. And it would be a wonderful scrimmage right now between all those teams. And essentially, there'd be a sense of equity. The Braves and the Cardinals aren't as good as the Dodgers or the Giants or Milwaukee, for that matter. And I kind of would like to see the playoff set where the best teams have the advantage. They've earned the right to rest their players but the Dodgers and the Giants can't. So the Giants have a tremendous motivation, obviously, to win the division. And there's an added element beyond just the obvious they don't want to play a one-game playoff. I take the Giants' chances in a one-game playoff against St. Louis, San Diego, against Philadelphia, against Cincinnati, whatever team winds up being the second wildcard team. I take the Giants' chances starting at Kevin Gosman or an Anthony Disclafani, whichever pitcher turns out to be the one. But there's an added element, and that is the fact that Max Scherzer is pitching at a completely different level right now, which would have made his acquisition, easy for you to say, by the San Diego Padres even more intriguing. Imagine if the Padres were one game out, as they currently are, dancing around that second wildcard spot, knowing that they can throw Scherzer at you in a one-game playoff. Whatever player the Dodgers, I'm sorry, that that Washington wanted for Scherzer seems so cheap right now. But I digress. There's that element for the Dodgers as well. It's a foregone conclusion that if Los Angeles, who are currently, as I'm recording this, a game and a half behind San Francisco for the second wildcard, for the first wildcard spot, uh, I mean, for the for the West, that would put the Dodgers in the wild card. That's what I meant to say. Forgive me, I don't have all my notes in front of me. That they would start Scherzer. You'd be insane not to start Scherzer. It would be basically making the wild card game a formality. And if Cincinnati, St. Louis, San Diego, Philadelphia, whoever wins, sorry, Mets, I'm not including you in anymore, beats Scherzer, you tip your cap to him. You say, you beat Max Scherzer, you get to move on. But let me ask you a question. Would the Dodgers consider one of the stupidest moves in the history of baseball? Not starting Max Scherzer in the wildcard game. Because if you start Scherzer and he pitches a masterpiece, suddenly you only get one Scherzer start in the division series. He'd start game three. Now, you take your chances with Walker Bueller and Julio Urias in games one and two, and with Clayton Kershaw in game four, but having that dominant force of nature 
getting only one start, suddenly throws the advantage firmly in the camp of San Francisco. If they play a rested and ready Gosman and Disclafani or Ross, whoever they're going to be starting, Webb, as great a year as Bueller and as Urias are having, and they're both having wonderful seasons, they're not Scherzer. Those are evenly matched games. And if you get to a game five, a do or die game, guess who's not pitching it? It's not going to be Scherzer. So the question I have is, would the Dodgers consider not starting Scherzer in the wildcard game if they play in the wildcard game? Most teams would kill to have a Walker Bueller pitching. As I mean, Walker Bueller is a Cy Young candidate. Most teams would say, that's why I got a rest and ready Bueller. He's the number two starter on the Dodgers. Hell, most teams, I can tell you the, the San Diego Padres would drool to have a Julio Urias starting the wildcard game. He's their number three starter. What if the Dodgers say, our other Cy Young candidate, Walker Bueller, is good enough to win this game? If they did not acquire Max Scherzer and all else was equal, Bueller would be starting that game. Oh, yeah, they got a great shot. Bueller's a great pitcher. He's having a great year. Hey, everyone, my internet crashed. While I was suggesting that the Dodgers may not start Max Scherzer in the wildcard game, that's how outrageous that mm, general idea was. My very internet said we have to stop. Maybe it ran out of energy. Maybe my internet needs a built bar. Built bars are the best tasting protein bars out there. You know, they've got so many delicious flavors, whether it's orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia, coconut, or my personal favorite, which is raspberry covered in chocolate. It's great. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you get a mix box, which you can get two of each of those nine flavors. But Built Bars are not just delicious. They're good for you, too. I think I get 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180. You get four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs, all tasty, all healthy. Order now. You get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry, whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which I think is pretty cool. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your order. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order of Built Bars. Okay, so here's the deal. The I know that Max Scherzer will start the wildcard game if indeed the Dodgers are the wildcard team because the risk-reward of that would be so outrageous on the, the side of it being risky that doing anything else would be tantamount to insanity. And the person who would be thrown under the bus if it happened would be Dave Roberts, the manager, for taking an unnecessary risk with everything on the line. Can you imagine someone taking an unnecessary risk with everything on the line, especially in a World Series situation, especially playing your big rival. Can you imagine Dave Stewart doing something risky with everything on the line, like stealing a base for the Boston Red Sox against the New York Yankees? 
wasn't that a risk? Isn't this a big part of baseball that has been sucked out of it? I swear to God, this is not old man Sully talking here. But risk should be part of the game. I think part of the problem some people have with the analytics world is the fact that it has removed elements of risk or elements of let's push it. Let's see a starter face him the third time through the order. Let's see someone go first or third. Let's see someone do a hit and run play. Let's see someone steal a base. When you're hearing things like, well, he leads the team with 10 stolen bases. I'm convinced Ricky Henderson would be a 16 stolen base guy these days. When I'm recording this, it's the birthday of Hall of Famer Tim Raines. I'm convinced that he would have been like, oh, he stole 20 bases last year among the league leaders. Ricky Henderson used to do that in a week. And one of the things that has stopped stolen bases was the steroid era. Because what's the difference around first and second? Make sure you're on base when the guy pops it out of the park. But it's also the risk. Is it too risky? You're on base. You're better off not getting thrown out. Yeah, but the risk is fun. Isn't risk fun? Isn't something risky? Like, oh, boy, do you think they can do it? Like, do you watch, like, sporting events thinking, oh, that looks like the right thing to do. That looks like the safe things to do. Do you watch the Fast and the Furious movies and think, oh, I hope they're buckled up and have airbags and, oh, oh, oh keep those fingers at uh, 10 and 2? No. Risk could be fun. Risk could be some of the reason we watch this. Now, I ask you a couple of questions about this. First of all, what if you used Max Scherzer on the final day of the season if it meant winning the division or not? Do you start him then? Or do you say we'd rather use Max Scherzer in the wildcard game? I don't know. As I said before, most teams would kill to have a Walker Bueller or a Julio Urias pitch a do or die game. And then you have Scherzer pitching two games in the division series, the first and last games. And if he wins his games, then you just have to win one out of three. But there goes the risk. You can't risk the season on Walker Bueller. You know, someone's probably be a top three or top four Cy Young candidate this year. You can't risk that, especially if you may be facing a Wade Miley, maybe a Musgrove, maybe uh, who's Gibson's going to be, who's going to be throwing for the Phillies. For the, uh, the Cardinals, if it's Adam Wainwright, well, you know what? That's a huge game pitcher. He's been there, done that, both as a starting pitcher and a reliever. Do you risk it? Is it worth the risk? Might be worth the risk. It might be. It might be worth the risk to say, hey, we've got an outstanding pitcher on the mound. And all we're asking you to do is what you would do in any normal circumstance. Look, I know it's not going to happen. But part of me would like to see it happen. Part of me would like to see risk brought back into baseball. A little daring. You know, could it explode in his face? Of course it could. Of course it could big time. Imagine if Dave Roberts was caught stealing. The throw by Posada was pretty close. It was a risk. It was a big risk. It paid off. Some other risks flopped badly. We've seen that too. And the idea of, well, let's play it safe could also blow up in your face. I give you Blake Snell being removed in game six of the World Series last year. That pushed every button. 
Now, there's the other factor, which I've been saying, uh, I've been saying certainly since the wildcard game between Toronto and Baltimore in 2016, you can listen to the old Sully Baseball podcast for some of that. But there are situations when the season's on the line that you have to always turn to your best player. The biggest problem I had with Showalter holding Zach Britton out for a save was that the season was on the line with mediocre pitchers on there. Encarnacion hit that walk-off home run against Ubaldo Jimenez, who a few years before was a signing candidate, but it's far from that now. And the pitcher had one of the best relief seasons in the history of baseball, was eating sunflower seeds and reading Bazooka Joe comics, and never got into pitch. The difference here is the pitcher the Dodgers could use in Scherzer's place is an elite pitcher with World Series experience. And that's either Urias or Bueller. It's going to come down to the wire, and it's not fair. It's not fair that the Dodgers and the Giants could be playing for their playoff lives, but this is the hand that they were dealt. There's something to be said about saying, hey, if we roll the dice with Walker Bueller, we suddenly are the favorites to storm into the National League Championship Series and probably repeat as World Series champs. But if it blows up in our face, we're going to being asked forever, why didn't you start Scherzer? Then there's another factor, one to keep in mind. Notice I not mentioned Clayton Kershaw, who's going to be their number four starter. There have been plenty, plenty, plenty of years where Clayton Kershaw was the best pitcher in the National League and lost a huge game in the postseason, where he was an elite pitcher. You're like, oh, this person cannot fail, and they did. Justin Verlander lost big playoff games in a year. He won the Cy Young Award. Same with Johan Santana. Same with Roger Clemens in 1986 when he was the best pitcher in the world and he got clobbered in his first postseason game. It's not preordained that handing the ball to Max Scherzer means a victory. No pitcher in the history of baseball was a bigger and better big game pitcher than Bob Gibson, when they handed him the ball in game seven of the 1968 World Series, he lost that game. Now, he lost it partly because Kurt Flood fell in center field, but he still lost. In my lifetime, Dave Stewart was on a roll in 1989, just steamrolling his victories in the ALCS against Toronto in 89, was the 89 World Series MVP, was the 1990 ALCS MVP, Nobody could stop him, and suddenly the Reds beat him in game one of the World Series and swept Oakland. So it's possible for a big game pitcher to lose. And I wonder if you're almost taking a tiny bit of pressure off of him by starting game one of the division series. You have to get there first. It's all about risk, risk reward. You risk with Walker Bueller, and Dave Roberts could look up and see himself stampeding his way to the NLCS. I don't know. It's a bet. You're betting on your players. The odds may be against you, but that's part of the fun of sports is the risk and taking a bet and taking a gamble. And if you're going to make a bet, go to bet online. It's the number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. And right now, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back 
start another football season with a new updated site and interface and more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, baseball, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is your online sportsbook expert. And hey, let me ask you a question. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you watch a game live. You got another one that lets you stream all your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You got your neighbor's best friends logging for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device required, and content varies by package. All right, so the games are now over, and let's review because there's some interesting implications of what happened. Uh, the Reds are staying alive. They managed to pull off a win in Pittsburgh. The Pirates had the winning run in scoring position in the bottom of the ninth. But Cincinnati held on to a one nothing win, so they don't get swept by the Pirates. Hey, the Giants actually lost the game to the San Diego Padres, which means the Dodgers are now only one game back of san francisco so both these teams are going to want to avoid that wild card game as much as possible the phillies are staying alive bryce harper you know he's just good i mean everyone likes to say he's overrated and everything like that. well he was an overrated today and the phillies won a game which looked like an eagles bears score 17 to 8 harper was the big offensive hero in that one and by the way the score in San Francisco was 7-4 in favor of San Diego. Gosman got a rare loss in that. White Sox are kind of limping to the finish line. They lost to the Angels 9-3, but you know nothing is going to change their winning the AL Central. It's basically right now going to be jockeying for position. Are they going to have home field advantage over the Houston Astros? They're right now two and a half games behind the Astros, who just made mincemeat of their fellow Texans, the Texas Rangers. The A's mount up winning a game 7-2 against Kansas City, which is keeping the A's slim playoff hopes alive. And the Yankees lost, well, the Yankees lost a bunch of stupid games. So this is one of the stupidest games that they lost. They were one strike away from winning. They allowed a wild pitch in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game. They allowed a bases-loaded single to win the game in the bottom of the tenth. But here's where it's stupid. The Orioles pitching staff stinks. The Yankees got two runs in the second in, in second or third inning, and then didn't get another run the rest of the way. And the Orioles were bringing in pitcher after pitcher who get clobbered left and right. The Yankees have lost five, count them, five games to the Baltimore Orioles where it either went to extra innings or they lost by one run. Now, the Rays played the Orioles 19 times and lost once. If you're going to look at why did the Rays win the division and not the Yankees, you can look directly 
to how the Yankees handle themselves with a historically awful Baltimore Orioles team. You can also see if the Yankees don't make the postseason, take a look at those five games against the Baltimore Orioles. You know, right now, if the Yankees had held on to that win against Baltimore, they would be the team alone at top of first place of the wild card going into this weekend. Instead, they're on the outside looking in. And so, as we're taking a look at the wild card standings right now, the Red Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays are tied, and the Yankees are half a game back, tied in the loss column with Boston. The A's are hanging on three games back. Seattle is, well, they should be content with a winning season. The National League wild card is a mess still. The Cardinals have a half game lead over the San Diego Padres one game lead over Cincinnati and now a two and a half game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. So we got the weekend games are starting up and there's some interesting series that are going on starting on the games on Friday. The Yankees are going to be going to play the Cleveland for right now. Indians soon to be guardians. Please sack against Kluber. It's weird to see Corey Kluber pitching against the Cleveland Indians, but that's what we have right here. The Indians seem to have a never-ending supply of really good pitchers, and it would not surprise me if Plesak, who's had a decent year this year, holds the Yankees down. The Blue Jays and Ryu are going up against Pintar Pineda and the Minnesota Twins. Uh, those should be wins for the Blue Jays, but then again, you know, we've seen teams rise from the depth. Just ask the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just ask the Yankees with the Orioles. Meanwhile, the Orioles are heading off to Boston. They'll be going to Fenway Park, and the Red Sox are going to hope they can win some games there. The Reds and the Dodgers, is that going to be a preview of the wild card game? We're going to find out. Walker Bueller is going to be going up against Luis Castillo. Uh, the Rays are going to try to pad their American League East lead with the game against the Detroit Tigers. They also beat the Tigers on Thursday. Two teams in search of their faint hopes in the National League wildcard. If the Phillies wind up running the table on the Mets, they could make a really good case of it. If the Mets do the same, well, they could be getting the Phillies season. And Mets don't have much of a chance right now, but they said, you, we're going to take you down with us. Walker is pitching for the Mets, and Cy Young hopeful Zach Wheeler is going for Philadelphia. The uh, Pirates and the Marlins are playing a series that I guess would interest Jim Leland. Uh, the White Sox want to dust themselves off. They're playing the Texas Rangers. Cease is pitching against Hearn. The Astros are going to be getting Madison Bumgarner and the Diamondbacks on Friday. We're going to see how that unfolds. The Mariners' slim hopes in the American League wildcard are going to be tested when they go to play Kansas City. Flexen's had a nice year for them, so we're going to see how he does. You know, it wasn't that long ago that the Cubs-Brewers series, which is starting right now, looked like it was going to be a National League East, a National Central showdown. As the Cubs were in first place as recently as June, that's before they sold off the entire team. And as it turns out, this is going to be a running out the string series as the Brewers are marching towards a National League Central title. The A's are going to Anaheim. And they're going to try and try and try to win some games and get back in this race. The Giants and the Braves are playing what sadly could be an NLCS preview, not a National League Division Series preview. Webb going up against Anderson. And I think the most interesting series 
is going to be San Diego versus St. Louis. It's going to be in St. Louis. And the Padres and the Cardinals, who have a playoff history, this is two teams that are battling for the wild card. And the Padres are only a half game behind St. Louis. St. Louis can put some distance between themselves and San Diego. San Diego can make a real run at it. So it's going to be a fun, fun, fun. Did I mention fun weekend of baseball? So you can follow us in the free and easy to use Odyssey app. Subscribe to us on YouTube and tell your friends about us. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and hey, uh, write a review. Notice I didn't beg you to write me a positive review because I enjoy reading the negative reviews too. Your pal Sully has thick skin. I think you can see. So we're also available on Twitter at Lockdown and Don't Be Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm Pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Pointing out the unthinkable, which would be to not pitch the best pitcher in baseball on a winner-take-all playoff game and wondering if that might be the way to go. Probably isn't. It's interesting to think about. This has been Locked On MLB for the 17th day of September. We're approaching late September, folks. We're approaching official fall. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. And let me remind you that not only can you call me Sully, Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q. And handicapping us with Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by betonline.eg, wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a fun weekend, everyone.